Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. Hear now the word of the Lord from Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 21. In this passage of Scripture, the Apostle Peter preaches a sermon to those who have gathered together in Jerusalem, hearing the word of God being... Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will live in hope, because you will not abet your holy ones paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses. Exalted to the right hand of God, he was received from the Father, the promised Holy Spirit, and has been poured out, as you now hear and see. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your... Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about three thousand. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave every day. They continued to meet. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being... Let us pray together. Almighty God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Who in- This Sunday, we'll be continuing our series of sermons on the book of Acts. Last part of chapter 2 of the book of Acts, we'll spend of the book of chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles with you, or you have your iPhones and can get the Bible up on the iPhone, it'll be... 
helpful to open them up to Acts chapter 2 because we're going, and as we do, we will see how the Holy Spirit transformed the first followers of Jesus from a frightened group of people who often fought amongst themselves for power and position and who struggled with anger and bared for each as their Lord. Now, in the first part of Acts chapter 2, we read about how God poured out the Holy Spirit on all of his people. First, the followers of Jesus who were gathered together in a house in Jerusalem received the Holy Spirit in a very dramatic way. The Holy Spirit came into their house as a violent rushing wind and appeared as tongues of fire on, and then a crowd of Jews from all over the Roman Empire who had come to Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Shavuot and the giving of the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai heard the noise that was coming from the house. And curious about what was going on, they came to the house and the followers of Jesus began to speak in different tongues or languages about the wonders of God. Now, when the people in the crowd heard these followers of Jesus from Galilee speaking to them in the languages of their home countries, they were amazed. And they asked one another. And so the apostle Peter stands up with the other 11 apostles and begins to preach his first. He begins by addressing the crowd, fellow Jews and all you here in Jerusalem. These were two different groups of Jewish people. There were Jews who had been born and raised in Israel, and there were Jews outside of Israel. To both of the Peter then explains in verses 4, had prophesied in 835 B.C. that one day God was going to give his Holy Spirit to all of his people. Up until then, God had given his Holy Spirit to those whom he has prophets and this section of Peter's sermon is called the, from the Greek word for defense or explanation. In this section, outpouring of the Holy Spirit of Peter is called the kerygma, the resurrection before Jesus. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit, and in all Judea and Samaria, an eyewitness of the resurrection, stands up and says, Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you. The Greek word for accredited is apodededignon. It also means to show forth, to declare, to attest, to accredit in the sense that a university is accredited by a third-party organization that certifies it is operating on an acceptable level and it is authorized to give a record himself, accredited Jesus to them by doing miracles and wonders. And as you know, you saw for years 23. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. Now here Peter puts forth the paradox purpose, and foreknowledge are involved in whatever happens. As the Lamb of God, God purposed, God's set purpose and foreknowledge are involved in whatever happens. People are given, gathered before 
used their Good Friday. They were in the crowd yelling, crucify him, crucify him. And they handed Jesus put to death by nailing Verse 24. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death. Because Peter is clear. It was God himself. The resurrection of Jesus is directly attributed to God himself. Peter then goes on to describe why. And Peter does this by using two ancient Jewish concepts of biblical interpretation that his listeners would appreciate and find useful as they struggle to come. The first concept is called Pesher. Pesher basically means to a scripture passage beyond what the serpent... And the second concept of interpretation that Peter's listeners would appreciate was developed by Rabbi Hillel, who led to 10 a commentary on the Old Testament called the Midrash, from the Hebrew word for inquire or seek with care. This Jewish concept of interpretation from the Midrash states where the same words appear in Peter then quotes from two different scripture passages, Psalm 16, verses 8 through 11, and from Psalm 110, verse 1. Scripture passages that his listeners were familiar with. Both of these psalms contain the phrase, at my right hand. And so, the deeper interpretation or pressure that is given to one passage also applies to the other passage according to the Midrash. At the same time, rabbis back then struggled to interpret these psalms, and this struggle is apparent in their writings. With Psalm 16, they wondered, well, how could the writer of this psalm have expected God to keep him from the grave? How could the writer, King David, have expected God to keep Psalm 110 was even more difficult for them. Who is this Lord to whom the Lord has said, sit at my right hand? Some of these rabbis said that Psalm 110 was speaking about Abraham. Others said it, especially the Pharisees in the crowd, would have known that their rabbis were struggling to interpret these psalms. And so Peter tells them that the deeper meaning, they are both, Peter is helping the resurrection of Jesus by using two Jewish psalms as methods of interpretation. As Psalm 16, in Psalm 16, King David writes, I saw the Lord always before me because, because he is at my right. You, meaning God the Father, will not abandon me, meaning Jesus, to the grave. Nor will you, God the Father, let the Holy One. And then in Psalm 110, King David writes, The Lord, meaning God the Father, said to my Lord, meaning Jesus, sit at my right hand until I make your show such, as well as a sense of, he likely remembered putting it all together, the help of the Holy Spirit, who wanted this group to know who Jesus, the crowd that Peter was preaching to, likely included some very educated people, Pharisees, priests, and Presbyterians. And so the Holy Spirit inspired Peter with the words to say, and the Holy Spirit inspired Peter with the way in which to say both the words and the use of Pesher and Midrash came from the Holy Spirit. And when the crowd heard the apostles speak, they asked, then how is it that how could this unex of biblical interpretation? Maybe there's another miracle 
going on here. Maybe God is trying to tell us the Holy Spirit used all of this to help the group to embrace Jesus as their Lord. And the speaking in tongues were both used. And then Peter concludes this section of his sermon by saying in verse 36, Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When Peter calls Jesus Lord, he's calling him the same Lord and Psalm 110. Peter is calling Jesus, when Peter calls Jesus Christ, he's calling Jesus, Christ is the English translation for the Greek word Christos. Christos, the Hebrew word for anointed, is Mashiach. Anointed, Christ, Messiah, they're all the same word. In essence, Peter is preaching, Jesus is God himself in the flesh. Jesus is the Messiah. And when God the Father sent Jesus, When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Finally realized, surely God is going to abandon us to the grave, to the agony of death, and let us see decay, they probably thought. After all that we've done, 8 to 39. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord your God will call. The Greek word for repent, it literally means a complete change of heart, making a U-turn in life. Instead of running away from God, turn around. The idea of being baptized, since baptism was usually associated with a Gentile converting to Judaism. And yet, they were starting a new relationship with God. John the Baptist called people to repentance and baptism in order to prepare themselves to meet the Messiah, Jesus. But this baptism that Peter is preaching about is different from the baptism that John was doing. John said in Mark 3.11, I baptize you with sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Disciples in Matthew 28 Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. And Verse 41. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added. Now, in Acts 1.5, we are told that up until then, there were 120 followers of Jesus. An additional 3,000 people became followers of Jesus. The original 120 followers of Jesus This group followed our Lord before the day of Pentecost. They were followers of Jesus before the crucifixion of Jesus. Although some may have become followers when they met the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ as Jesus showed himself alive. This group of 120 and grief as they saw Jesus being tortured and asked the crowd on Good Friday if they wanted Jesus were the ones who yelled, give us Barabbas. The people who were in the group of 3,000 were the ones who said, crucify him, crucify him. And so one would expect that the people in the group of 120, the original followers of Jesus, would harbor resentment and bitterness, anger, and even hatred. 
toward the group of 3,000 new followers of Jesus who had taken part in the crucifixion of Jesus. In the rest of Acts chapter 2, we see how the Holy Spirit transformed all of these followers of Jesus, the original ones as well as the new ones, into a community that deeply loved and cared for each other. Verse 42, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, The church has always stressed the importance of fellowship since the day of Pentecost, which is why churches devote an entire building sometimes as the fellowship hall. The Greek word for fellowship here is koinonia. This is a spiritual fellowship where believers share the same Holy Spirit living within them. Koinonia also means communion. The concept of the communion of the saints that the apostles taught and that is part of the Apostles' Creed, means that the Holy Spirit who lives in each follower of Jesus binds us to each other. These first 3,120 followers of Jesus committed themselves to being in fellowship with each other. They didn't take their common bond of the Holy Spirit. This doesn't mean that they lived out their koinonia their fellowship by drinking lots of coffee and eating lots of donut holes after the worship service. It means that they spent time getting to know each other and sharing each other's burdens. In other words, they also committed themselves to the apostles' teaching, the scriptures, to the breaking of bread. None of this was taken for granted. There was an intentionality about it all. They made the most of these opportunities. Verse 43. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. When these believers came together, they came with a sense of anticipation and even expectation that they would experience the presence of God in amazing ways as the Holy Spirit did signs and wonders through the apostles just as the prophet Joel said would happen. Verses 44 to 45. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone. The Greek word for common that's used here is koina. Koina is the root word having all things in common. Koina comes out of their fellowship, koinonia, with each other. Verse 46. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad. This is how the first followers of Jesus, they didn't just come together once a week and they lived out their lives together. This was a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Which brings us to verse 47. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, every church that I have ever known wants to grow. And people have all sorts of ideas and magic formulas for helping a church to grow. The key to growing your church is great preaching, some would say. Or Great worship music, or great youth programs, or great evangelism programs, or great mission programs, or a great facility. I've been a pastor since 1984, 
And I've read a lot of books about church growth, and I've gone to a lot of seminars on church growth, and I've pastored several churches that all grew. The Holy Spirit, when people allow the Holy Spirit to fill their lives, the Holy Spirit will fill their church. That's the key to church growth. Because when we invite the Holy Spirit to fill our lives, we will become willing and also able to devote ourselves to the apostles' teachings, scriptures, to fellowship, koinonia, to breaking of bread, communion, and to prayer. People will be attracted, and people will be repelled from our church when we don't live. Just talk to people who left a church, and they will tell you that they left whatever church because people there were not devoted to the or people in those other churches were not devoted to fellowship and resentment and anger. Or people were not devoted to the breaking of bread. Or people were not devoted to prayer. And they lived their lives without communicating with the Lord, without confessing their sins to God, without asking the Holy Spirit to fill them afresh with, their whole, with his presence. In other words, people leave churches because some churches have a spiritual problem. Just like the first are a diverse congregation filled with spiritual gifts, the Holy Spirit transformed the first. They were drawn. The Holy Spirit is within each one of us, transforming our. The Holy Spirit is deeply love and cast Peter discovered. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org.